1: <laughs> Edmonton's
0: home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos.
1: 630 Champ.
0: Traffic note as well. I've had a few texts about Highway 2 uh, southbound. Actually, uh, Salty from Leduc texting in, uh, Reed, Highway 2 is a parking lot southbound. If you know anything else about that, you can text 630-630-630 or uh, you can call our newsroom 780-466-NEWS. I'll let Thomas in the uh, news department uh, know to keep an eye on the text as well. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Labor Day weekend is underway. Eskimos and Stampeders coming up on Monday. A lot of incredible memories from that game, and I'm pleased to welcome former Eskimos and Stampeders punter, Glenn Harper.
2: How are you doing, Glenn? I'm doing pretty good, thank you.
0: Dave Campbell, who obviously you know, had Mm -hmm. to remind me of that. Uh, (laughs) For some reason, I have no memory of you playing for the Stampeders. I don't know if I've blocked it out, or you just didn't play a lot, or what?
2: You know what, if you have concussions as much as I have, you probably don't. I don't remember a lot of it either. But uh, actually, it's hilarious how many people know me more because I was in Calgary because we were so bad. I was on the field all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, maybe it was your memory problem.
0: Yeah, see, that's the thing. The, the punter Most uh, most punts in a season is not something a team wants. You do no. your punter to lead the league in that category. No, as
2: much as we love being on the field. Or at least I did. There's, there's some that try to hurry and get off the field like Bob Cameron, you know.
0: Well, he <laughs> played like till that. he was like, what, 46? He
2: was probably 48.
0: How late did you play?
2: Um, I went back at 40. To, for the Renegades? 39-40, yeah. What was
0: that like playing for the Renegades? That was awesome. It
2: was so good. Joe Pow pau and his staff were just amazing. Uh, Cavis Reed's the one who talked me into coming back out of retirement Mm -hmm. because he saw me punting and demonstrating during a football camp we were putting on for kids, and I I really thought he was out of his mind when he asked me to do it because I hadn't played in six years. But uh, it worked out really well, and we had a lot of fun.
0: The Renegades... Didn't last. No, Um, but I mean, as a player though, were you just uh, immune to all the ownership and yeah? You know, you know what?
2: I was there. I was there at a, a kind of a turning point in my life and everything. I was. I just got remarried and everything and. Uh, so, there was kind of a chance for uh, my wife to to my wife Lisa, to have a chance to see what I used to do. and And my youngest son, my youngest son, uh, who's now twenty two, he was only five uh, oh, he nice. was born He was born uh, my last season as an Edmonton Eskimo in ninety six. right So he heard about things that I had done and seen pictures and that sort of thing. So it was an opportunity for me to to allow him to see uh, what his dad did for for fun.
0: All right. Uh, Well, Glenn, thanks a lot for coming in. This this is great to have you on the show. We have to tackle a totally (laughs) non-sports topic first, because you brought this up when we were talking during, during the news. One of the songs we play coming back from commercial is Poison by Alice Cooper. And you said, do you always play? Now, we play both Poison the Band mm-hmm. and Poison the Song. But well, you were talking about Poison the Song, and you have revealed to me, you may be Edmonton's biggest Alice Cooper fan.
2: I, you know what? It's, it goes back to when School's Out came back, or came out in right? 1972. And uh, I think the intriguing thing about Alice Cooper for me was parents didn't like him. And I think that's that's what he kind of uh, molded his career around. Is if parents don't like it and the kids do, then it's a hit. And uh, I've kind of taken on that kind of a, a personality—not so much uh, his stage personality, but, but, but. His interests. He's, a, he's he's one of the most interesting people you'll ever get to meet, if you have that opportunity. And he's he's just the most graceful person uh, as far as celebrities go that I've ever been in contact with.
0: Well, uh, I mean, you probably. I imagine you probably didn't have a lot of time to talk to him. But what was it like just to sit and talk with him a little uh, bit? Blah, 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 blah,
2: blah, blah. I, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you don't. You, you. What do you ask Alice Cooper? I mean, uh, that hasn't already been asked, right? Uh, I could say, uh, you know, what were you thinking when you wrote this song? Right. I mean, how, how bad was life? He may life? not
0: remember writing well, all of them, that's just depending it. on the point in his life.
2: And That's just it. Uh, but you know what? I, I get the humor involved in his writing, and I've and I I've always loved his music. Uh, but I love his humor, and and I love his love for the game of golf and all sports, really. I mean, he's, he's very intuitive, and he's very uh, up-to-date on everything that's going on. He's a pretty sharp guy.
0: I think I would ask him, you know, like you just said you you wrote stories for kids to feel a little rebellious against their parents, even if it was just listening to the music. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't think he wanted kids to go out and do some of that stuff, well, no, of course, but but yeah, I mean what what was it like writing music for the kids to feel rebellious against their parents, but now those kids are the parents, and they're still coming to well, see you. that's it, and, and
2: and that's what's interesting is is he wrote the anthem Schools Out. And that became his, his, you know, everybody knows School's Out. My, yeah. my grandchildren, expect me to call them and play the song School's Out <laughs> oh, at amazing. the end of every one of their school years. And if I, if I, if I don't do it, they're disappointed. <laughs> you know, so, so uh, I'm trying to carry it on a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I, think, I think the more you get to know the type of person he is, uh, the more you come to respect and, and, and like him.
0: He was in Edmonton, I think, last Thursday. He played mm-hmm. the the Jubilee Auditorium. I did make some uh, inquiries to try to to, to get him on uh, Inside Sports, I never never really <laughs> went anywhere, unfortunately. So that's something I can still keep oh, shooting yeah. for. Keep I to get it. Vincent Fernier on, that's uh, right. on, on, on Inside Sports. Uh, was now were you? Does the punter ever get to pick the music in the locker room? Did you ever get to play <laughs> Cooper for your teammates?
2: No, a good thing I had a Walkman. <laughs> yes, a Walkman. <laughs> So I could put the little little styrofoam headphones on and didn't have to listen to that other crap. No, um, yeah, you know what? And, and, and people don't realize how much music is a part of sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you see PGA Tour players now when they're out on the range and, and uh, even just on the putting green, they've got their earbuds in and, and they're listening to things that, you know, make them get into their zone. Uh, before they step out on the tee box. It's it's pretty much the same, I would think, with all the technology that everybody has to listen to music off their phones and everything, that uh, it be, it, it's part of their preparation uh, for whatever sport they're doing.
0: That is a good point. A lot of people will say music just helps put them in whatever zone they want to be in.
2: When, when or relaxed,
0: I play, hyper, you know, whatever. Like.
2: Yeah, when I play golf, I want to have a good song in my head. I don't want one that kind of <laughs> drags me down, you know, that kind of thing. So so I tend to stay away from the country music a little bit. Um, and, and you know, I might get fired up a little bit with a little bit of Alice.
0: Former Eskimos punter Glenn Harper joining us in studio. How often do you golf? It seems like it's a pretty big part of your Gosh, life. I
2: wish I could golf every day. Oh, that's what um, I say, too. Yeah, we all do. Um, you know what? I do a lot of... Uh, 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 tournaments, charity tournaments, uh, as a representative of the Eskimo alumni, uh, anywhere from we go anywhere from Medicine Hat to Lac La Biche and all over Alberta, really. Uh, so I, I do about I probably do about six of those a year. Um, but as far as stroke playing, getting out to play on my own, right? I think when I go play tomorrow morning, that'll be my. 14th round.
0: That's the, not bad. Of the
2: year. Yeah, not So, bad. I mean, it, it's, I mean, I, I would love to play 40 plus. Right. But, uh, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, but yeah. we uh, try to take full advantage of whenever I get the opportunity.
0: I played today, I think it was my, I could probably tell you, because I, I got the little handicap tracker on my phone. <laughs> it just, it's funny, I put so it in my got... scores and it doesn't calculate my handicap, it just says you're terrible. Is that how the well, app's well, supposed to maybe,
2: work? Well, maybe it just can't compute it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was my twenty-first uh, stroke play round of the oh, year, plus three or decent. four tournaments. So not 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 bad. That's decent. Not bad. Uh, I, I was I was saying, Glenn. no, I I do not do any any of my athletic endeavors at a high level, uh, but I but I do run. And what you talking about music? Well, uh, and I don't listen to music when I run, because I just almost like the the feeling of solitude. Oh, yeah. I, I can just yeah. either think or sometimes just think about nothing. I'm just enjoying that too, being yeah. in the river valley and that there's not snow mm-hmm. on the ground. But when I was running the half marathon a couple of weeks ago, so there's a point where the fast marathon runners, so they start off going east... An hour before us, we go west, but eventually they're there. And these, like, it's amazing how fast they go. And so there's there's cyclists with the leaders, mm-hmm. and they're coming through, blowing a whistle, telling us half marathon slow folks to get right. But there's all these people <laughs> with their earbuds yeah. who aren't moving. And I actually ran over, and me and a couple other runners were, were, were waving them over. So I, I always say, if you're a runner, I realize you appreciate the music. Mm-hmm. But especially if you're in a race, sometimes you, it's, it's important to know your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. just a bit of an aside there. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, thanks for coming in. Uh, Glenn Harper's going to stick around. So we're going to talk more about uh, the current CFL season, some of uh, his career highlights. And I, I found, you know, kickers are always the, the most outgoing so you know it's, it's more, like, most it's athletic it's like for sure most athletic yeah <laughs> like, well I had Rob Maver on a couple of nights ago and I said what's the biggest misconception about kickers and he goes so we're just so we can't do anything like we're actually really good which athletes. is all
2: we can do yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh, if you have a question for Glenn Harper you can text it to 630, 630 inside sports on
1: chat you're listening to inside sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton sports leader 630
0: Chan. all right well Glenn Harper approving of this musical oh, selection
2: yeah. a great segue right there
0: it is 10-4 Montreal oh hang on it's 1010 as I say that uh, is that the reliable duo of Harris to is that no Sonopoly, sorry Sonopoly. so 1010. Ottawa ties it. I thought, well, I mean, there's still 25 minutes left in a CFL game, so it could end 35-30. I thought there'd be a little more points. I mean, Ottawa is solid, Glenn, and I have to say, I don't mind this Pipkin kid from Montreal. He's, like, some new quarterbacks, they
2: look frantic when they're in there. He's pretty under control. Pipkin ain't easy. Um, (laughs) There you go. Um, You know what? I'm impressed with him, and and, uh, my wife, Lisa, who's a huge CFL fan and a, you know, and a big sports fan. Uh, we were talking at dinner tonight, and I said, You know what? This pimpkin is so good, and, it, and it's amazing how well Montreal's doing with yeah. a decent quarterback. I said, Now, <laughs> I'm no expert, but I've been around a while. I don't know how much longer Manziel's going to be hanging around in this league. Uh, you know, is, is there another team out there that might want to take him on? Right. Because if this kid keeps doing what he's doing, and, and what I've seen so far has been really good. He's a great great passer. He's athletic. Good deep ball. He, he seems to be very intelligent behind, behind center. Um, like I said, I, I, that's only my opinion. But uh, I, I see some really good things in him, and he, and he looks young enough to be able to grow some more too. He
0: hasn't had a lot of help from his receivers. I mean, a couple of deep balls have gone through the hands of guys. You know, Bowman... Doesn't have the the burst that he used to. He had a deep ball. I, I think Pipkin threw it where it needed to be, but you know, Bowman doesn't have quite the speed and the pick six he threw last week against Toronto. Mm-hmm. It was a slant that was on mm-hmm. the money and the receiver knocks it up to the air yeah. and the Toronto guy says thanks. Exactly. So yeah, he's
2: he's yeah. Th- he's done. I I, I think he's gonna be a good one.
0: They're reviewing this catch. I think Sinopoli got his arms underneath it. But we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on that one. Uh, That's the thing
2: about touchdowns. Every every scoring play is under review, with the exception of maybe a kick.
0: Yeah, yeah. This one, well, this one was close, but I think he caught it. Uh, You played on Labor Day for the Eskimos from '91 to '96. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wasn't great the results of those games. Calgary was uh, pretty good, winning. uh, Well, you guys won in in '92. Calgary uh, Calgary took all the other ones. Yeah, unfortunately.
2: You know, they had that guy. What's his name? That flutie
0: guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was okay. And then they
2: had that other guy that uh, and Garcia uh, rolled. Yeah, him. <laughs> you know what? They they became strong. Yeah. They became strong. Uh, well, after I left. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what? Back. We did really well when I was when I was with Calgary. We actually—I I don't know—you have the stats there.
0: Uh, yeah. I got my memory's not Day that results. great, but I
2: think we did pretty good against Edmonton on Labor. What Day.
0: were your Calgary years again? 86 86 to, 88. to 88. Uh, it was uh, Eskimos in '86 and '88, Stamps in '87.
2: Okay, so we got one. You Got one out of three okay. in baseball. That's That's, that I'm puts gay. you in the Hall of Fame, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but you know what? It, it it's it's one of those things. Um, you learn about rivalries, uh, particularly in in football. I don't know. My hockey career only went as probably as far until I was about ten years old, and right. I was a goalie. And we couldn't afford that kind of thing back in those days. So I moved on to other sports and school. But uh, you know, it it's 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 tough. Um, to to not get up for a football game, I think. Um, you learn about rivalries uh, coming through high school and that sort of thing. I went to St. Francis Xavier High School, and our rivals were Harry Ainley and uh, JP across the parking lot. Yeah. So I, I had a little bit of an idea what a rivalry meant then. Then when I went to Washington State University, our head coach didn't care if we lost every game of the season as long as we beat the Washington Huskies. Right. And I went, "Wow, that's kind of bold to say. I mean, wouldn't you want to win every game cuz cuz as a professional athlete, I would think you'd want to be up for every Absolutely. And that's part of your that that's part of what what is expected of you to be prepared for each and every game. But when you get to a rivalry like Calgary and Edmonton or Hamilton, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg. You really start to, to feed into that in the locker room because of the way the fans react. Right. The fans really what make the rivalry that much more exciting and more fun to play in. And the Canadian Football League fans are better than any any in sport as far as i'm concerned again another one of my opinions um but i've been part of it so i have been a fan i've been on the field and i'm back to being in the stands again and i and i see the excitement that that the people bring to each and every game but when it comes to the labor day classic it just gets kicked up another notch it's almost like uh when you're in the playoffs you know, everyone says, oh, you got to kick it up to another level. You hear all the clichés and everything. But you know what? When you get that rival game, I mean, Calgary's no different. You don't think they want to beat the crap out of the Edmonton Eskimos? I guarantee you they do. But they don't need any more added fuel. It's already there. It's already in within each and every one in that locker room, and coaches included. <laughs> if, if you, if you want to be entertained, watch Jason Moss when it comes to a rivalry game. He, he takes his coaching to another level. I, 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 you could suit him up because he's, he's got the same fiery personality he had when he was under center, um, and, and that in itself is fun to watch.
0: Glenn Harper, former punter for the Eskimos, joining us on inside sports tonight. Um, okay, I got you you brought this up during the commercial, so I gotta get to you to tell the story. It will you will the other rivalry you were part of, one of the many Washington state Washington. Mm-hmm. So you were the hero in one
2: game <laughs> or one of them. To, to you be know modest. what they they make make such a big. deal. It was almost embarrassing, really. Um, we my freshman year was 1982, and I and uh, I was recruited with um, Ruben Mays out of North Battleford, oh. and uh, those of you that follow college football and NFL football uh, know about Ruben Mays. He was he was amazing. Um, he and he probably still is. I haven't seen Ruben in quite a while, but. In, in 1982 our coaches were telling us that uh, we hadn't beaten Washington in I don't know how many years it had been like a decade that was or Washington
0: something. usually better than Washington State yeah
2: they're quite a big big stronger school I right. Mean, they're right in Seattle they yeah. probably have over a hundred thousand students and and at Washington State in the little town of Pullman yeah uh, when when school is in the population uh, it goes from 23,000 to maybe 40,000. Okay. So there's there's a big discrepancy there. And plus, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's really hard to recruit people that, you know, think they're landing a plane. In Where do you field. want
0: to live, Seattle or Pullman? Exactly.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, and then you have Stanford, UCLA, Arizona sure. schools. Yeah. Y- you've got all that going for it as well. So we're, we're total underdogs. I mean, we're not expected to beat Washington. They're They're already making up their Rose Bowl jerseys before we, they even come to Pullman to play us. Well, that kind of set the table for a little bit of an upset. And we did. We upset them 24-20 to 20, uh, my freshman year. The crowd went nuts, came down, tore down the goalposts, which ended up in all different kinds of areas of Washington State. And, of course, Washington were a little bitter. So they, they said, well, we'll wait until they come to Seattle next year. We're, you know. And, and, they were, and they were even better the following year. So we go into Seattle, okay, uh, they're gonna kick our butts, you know, uh, and we, we go in and, and it's a rainy, cold, blustery day in Seattle. No, really, it was raining. Imagine that. Yeah, and uh, long story short, it was uh, late in the third quarter. Uh, I almost had the punt blocked, but I ended up kicking it underneath the guy who tried to block it and uh, actually hit a pretty decent punt. And Danny Green, their All-American uh, receiver and punt returner, decided it was time to take it back to the house. And, uh, well, he didn't know that there was a little coug back there that weighed about 154 pounds waiting for him. And I I, I I tackled him and managed to knock him out of the football game. And that tackle unbeknownst to me, ended up being the difference in the game, and we ended up beating them 17-6, to 6, knocking them out of the Rose Bowl again. Wow. In and, Seattle. In Seattle. So two years in a row, and we had T-shirts made up that, that said another funny thing <laughs> happened on the way to the Rose Bowl. Oh, my. You know, there was all kinds of things. But the, But the embarrassing part of it is, is, they made such a big deal out of that one play that I was on the cover of magazines, and they made little trophies of me, and and people were buying buttons. Glenn Harper, the little coog that did, and it was so That's it was rude. kind of embarrassing. My mom liked it because my mom got the buttons and stuff, and, you know. But but if you know, all these years later, they still talk about. it.
0: Can you stick around for a few more minutes after the news? We if, got a whole bunch more me. to do. Glenn Harper in studio. Again, you can text your questions to 630-630. That touchdown did not count. They got a field goal, 10-7, Montreal leading Ottawa.
1: for breaking news and expert opinion inside sports with reed wilkins on 630 chad
0: all right thanks a lot for tuning in tonight Having a fun show. We're rolling into the Labor Day weekend. Don't forget on Monday we have the Eskimos and the Stamps. 11.30 in the morning for the pregame show. The game will start at 1 o'clock. My name is Reed Wilkins. Former Edmonton Eskimo Glenn Harper is in studio. We're having a great chat with uh, Glenn. JP texting in. He says, just became a huge fan of Glenn and playing Alice Cooper tonight. Around the fire for sure. You're impacting (laughs) lives, Glenn. Changing playlists around northern (laughs) Alberta.
2: Look them up. (laughs) And don't just get his classics; get all of it.
0: Get all of it. All the Cooper. Like it all. All the Cooper you can muster. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Here's one for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. How did you become a punter?
2: Oh my gosh, this is such a good story. (laughs) I even love telling this story. If my brother Mark is listening, he's probably going to kill me. But. my oldest brother, Mark, uh, is the reason I, I, I kind of got into football. I mean, I, I got into football because I went to my first game when I was nine years old. And from that point on, I knew I wanted to play football. In fact, when I was in third grade, I asked a girl out for the first time in my life. The only reason is because her dad played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and I wanted to meet him. Okay, <laughs> So you awesome. kind of get an idea of where I'm coming from. But my, my brother, Mark, was kind of discovered. Uh, we lived in Brandon, Manitoba. Doug Steves is a, is a big name in, in, the, uh, in the Brandon area for his uh, football knowledge and his coaching at the Brandon University and, and at the high school level. And, uh, it, and, and football has exploded in Brandon since those times. Now, my brother was a quarterback, um, he was in grade ten or eleven at this time, and I was in grade six uh I failed a grade or whatever but um he he had an opportunity of becoming the punter on his high school team and uh so he 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 knows that if it's football, I'll go out and wa you know do whatever to get on a field and throw and do all that kind of stuff at that age. so he had asked me if I would come out and shag some punts for him and 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 I said, oh yeah, of course I would." And he, and he said, well, how, how should we do this? And I said, well, we, we live in a four-level townhouse in Brandon. I said, you go in the backyard, I'll go in the front yard, and we'll just punt them over the over the roof to each other. And he said, yeah, okay, that sounds like, a, you know, it's fun, right? I always want to have fun when I'm doing these things. So he thought, okay, yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. I said, okay, I'll start. So I went in the front yard, he's, and I gave him a few seconds to get in the backyard. And... and uh, so I punted one over the, over the building, and I waited, and I waited, <laughs> and I waited, and, another, and then finally he walks through the house and out the front door, and he looks at me and goes, how did you do that? And I said, oh, well, okay, well, so I went in the backyard with him, and we worked on drops and how to hit a ball. And I just kind of, like in, in all sports, I just kind of figured out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have phones or video games or any of those things back then. We went out and played road hockey with socks rolled up in a ball. And and we went out and played football during, during halftime of a CFL game. And, you know, that's just what we did. So whenever I saw something like that on TV, I wanted to see if I knew how to do it, whether it was tennis, golf. Uh, basketball, baseball, I wanted to go, even if it was by myself to figure out if I knew how to do that, and punting was just one of those things Now, I grew up as a quarterback too, because everything my brothers were learning while they were in high school i I never missed one of their practices or any of their games, so I was absorbing everything they were learning so when I was in grade six, seven eight, nine, I already had a really good education on what's expected from a quarterback and I already knew the techniques on how to throw and everything else but I was small I was six foot two 135 pounds that's pretty small for any football player so when I got to Washington State University, I was recruited as an athlete, but they were expecting me to be a quarterback. Now, when I got to Washington State University, we had Cleet Casper, who, who these might just be names now, of course, but Cleet Casper was our starting quarterback. Ricky Turner was our second quarterback, who also played for the Toronto Argos back in the 80s. Our third string quarterback was Mark Rippon. Oh, geez. Two time Super Bowl winner and Greg, yeah. and Super Bowl MVP with the Washington Redskins. I'm thinking, he's 6'5, 240 pounds, and he's a quarterback. I was used to guys that big protecting me as a core. So I went into my coach and I said, hey, is it okay if I just focus on punting? Because with that lineup, what are the chances of a skinny, yeah canadian kid from edmonton to to walk on a ncaa division <laughs> one school and play football so it kind of worked out that way
0: uh we haven't we're going to talk a little bit about the current team uh you have uh, a long
2: relationship with hugh o'neill yeah you know it's, he's 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 a special kind of guy uh he, he's he's definitely one of Lisa's of my favorite guys uh we think of him as as part of our family really um I got to know Hugh uh, after actually Blake Dermott had told uh, Coach Friesen that uh, I, I might be beneficial to Hugh mm-hmm. and uh, helping him out with with uh, with his kicking in in university. And so I spent four years with Hugh, and uh, he was just talk about you know kickers not being athletes this kid had such a knowledge of, of the game of football and could he never panicked about anything he he could do things that you would have to coach professionals to do when it came to reacting to certain things uh he had a pump blocked once and caught it and and ran for a first down uh, he probably could have scored, uh, <laughs> he had another w- instance where where he he dropped it, but he could kick it on the run and launch the 70 yarder and stuff right. like he just knew how to instinctively do things as a not only a, a football player but as an athlete and uh and I think he's doing a great job with the eskimos one of one of the things w- that Hugh and I used to work on a lot was was how to how to get our shoulders and and hips square so that we could directionally kick um it's a big football field. It's 65 yards long or wide. Um, You've got to be able to, to put it in a certain area so these dangerous kick returners uh, have less of an opportunity to, to get a good kick return. And, uh, and I think he's doing a marvelous job, especially uh, the, what I call the zone mm-hmm. between the 240s. Right. If the ball's being snapped in that, in, in that box area, then that's easy pickings to put it in the corners like th- that's what i love to do i still love doing it um uh today um so seeing him doing that so well this year is is, is something i'm really proud of
0: we, we got a text uh, asking if you uh out-kicked hank alisic well i'm sure
2: I, can i <laughs> now yeah <that's> <laughs> <current> condition. condition. <laughs> You know what, Hank is a special uh, specimen. That guy, he he was a physical specimen. He he was the most unorthodoxed uh, punter I've ever seen, and I've never seen anything launch off a of foot the way he does. Some of these Australian rule uh, yep. players that are coming and up now and now they're the dropping it with the backspin, you know, aren't they? Yeah, they're put, what they're dropping the nose on it. And right, doing that's what it is. It. Um, you know, back back. Uh, I don't want to def- defer away from from your question. As far as can I out kick Hank, it depends on the situation and it depends on what we're doing. Can he uh, kick further than me and higher? Probably most definitely. Um, I might have an edge on him when it comes to putting it where I want to put it. Okay. Um, Hank Hank was one of these guys who'd have a coffee stir stick in his mouth while he was playing, and and <laughs> and you would ask him in, in the huddle or whatever. Hey Hank, where are you kicking it? I don't know. I'm just kicking it. Okay, <laughs> we'll try to find it and hopefully make a tackle. But he, he, he's one of the biggest characters I, I'd ever been around because Hank and I were actually together in 1990 in, in Toronto. Uh, that's, a, that's a whirlwind, and your show isn't long enough to tell that story. But uh, Next time. Uh, yes, a, a, a lot, of, uh, lot of respect for that guy. I, I mean, he was one of the reasons I wanted to become an Edmonton Eskimo. Um, being discovered at the age of seventeen years old, coming out of yeah, wasn't of he
0: going, to, going to high school? Yeah, he was at St. Joe's going to high school. Practice after yeah. high school, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, for the S as school, long as he not... didn't
2: have detention, he could probably right. make it to practice on time. <laughs> but this this guy was was launching punts into that speaker system in Commonwealth Stadium at the age of eighteen. Jeez. Like he was he was just amazing, and and one of the reasons I wanted to play. We
0: should, uh, Glenn. Before we let you go, we and we will have you back in at some point. Uh, this year's Eskimos team, I mean, 6-4, and four, hey, it, you know, it's fine. The problem is you got an 8-1 and one team that rarely loses, except the great cup. And I've been saying, <laughs> you know, the way they've lost two of these last three games where they're just steamrolled. Well,
2: you it's, know what? I guess, is it between the years? What's going on? You know what? If a team's going to beat you, great. When you beat yourself... That's when you can second-guess yourself. But let's face it, Hamilton are a good football team. They've got a great quarterback who used to be here. Right. I was a little upset when we got rid of him because i he's, he's another one of those great athletes yep. who, who knows the game of football. And, and he's learned and, a lot. And, oh, gosh, he's yep. learned quite a bit on and off the field, right? Um, but we got beat by a good football team. Um, and that's okay. It's, it's okay as long as... But we got to cut down on penalties. We, I mean, we really do. Uh, yeah, we can still win games and have all these penalties. But you know what, in, in, at the end of the day, at the end of the season, those are the things that are going to come back and bite you, and yep. you're going to lose those close ones uh, by three points or two points or whatever the case is. And we all know that in the Canadian Football League that happens quite regularly. Now, the thing I do like about the fact that we're 6-4 and four is we know how to win and we know how to lose. And, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. We already know how to handle the losses most people would say, you know what? I don't want to be the team that has to face somebody who just lost, especially in the way they lose. Much could be the same case with the Calgary Stampeders. They they got beat. Uh, was it Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan beat them. Beat them and beat them. Like Saskatchewan played really well against them. Um, so the only scary part is, is, yeah, they they've learned that they can be beat. So they have to work that much harder to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Every team should be like that. I know our Edmonton Eskimos are, are going to be that way. They have enough leadership in that locker room to say to these young guys and and a lot of these young guys come from rivalry. Uh, mm-hmm. Every school has its rivalries and that sort of thing. So they're going to buy into the leadership and, and they're going to follow suit from the guys that are going to lead them out of the tunnel in, in uh, McMahon Stadium and and set the tone. And that's the thing. You've got to set the tone quickly In a game like that. We're not always the quickest horse out of the gate. um, If I can use the word horse when we're going down to Calgary. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) you get get what I'm saying. We have to be ready to play a full 60 minutes. We have to win the first quarter. We have to look at it as winning the second quarter, the third quarter, and the fourth quarter. That's why you see a lot of college and high school teams, when it gets to the fourth quarter, they hold up the number four with their fingers. Um Danny Kepley's were a little bit you know different right Number four looked kind of like some other language, but um it's embedded in us you you have to win the small battles in order to win the uh, win the war right so yeah. um we're gonna be in for a war, and it's gonna be a battle, and uh there's nothing better than the Battle of Alberta.
0: Back-to-back back, Monday and then next Saturday, of course, we'll have them for you on 6.30, Chad. Glenn, thanks for coming in. This this was awesome to, to get to talk to you a bit, and, and you teased a bunch of stories that are still on the table for next time. So thank you so much for Well,
2: thanks this. for having me. It was, it's been a lot of fun. CFL's
0: rolling along 18-10, Montreal leading Ottawa start of the fourth quarter, and the Canada West season is underway. We'll see how the Alberta Golden Bears are doing when we get back.
1: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630-10. right, thanks a lot
0: for tuning in tonight. It's 749. So I mentioned Montreal leading Ottawa 18-10. They're now into the fourth quarter. The Blue Jays trail the Marlins 5-1 in the top of the ninth. Checking the tennis as well. Canadian Dennis Shapovalov eliminated in five sets today. Uh, Milo Sraonic is uh, up two sets to nothing on Vavrinka and leading 3-2 in the third set and the Williams sisters uh, relatively easy win for Serena Williams over Venus winning 6-1, 6-2 and uh, the U of A Golden Bears season is underway Evan Dom from Canada West Conference keeping an eye on that game Evan, how are you doing buddy?
1: I'm doing well, Reed. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for checking in tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, you're getting a lot busier now with uh, the fall sports going, and uh, football regular season is underway. Give us an update on the Bears taking on the Saskatchewan Huskies.
1: Yeah, 3-0 Saskatchewan right now, Reed, about midway through the second quarter. It was a relatively tame opening quarter in Saskatoon as both teams feeling each other out a little bit here on opening night, and uh, Saskatchewan driving the ball right now, but uh, the Bears hanging in there, and No surprise that a Chris Moore's coach team has been running the ball well so far in this game, about 40 yards on the ground, uh, rushing through that first quarter. So um, that's going to be a recipe for Alberta this season, even with Ed Elnicki in the lineup.
0: Well, yeah, the recipe, but the ingredients are a lot different when you don't have the Heck Crichton trophy. Tell us who the running back mantle falls onto for the Golden Bears, because I understand that they may have a a, a young guy here who's going to push pretty quickly.
1: Well, driving Kolesnikov is the guy for them right now. and he's, he's been on the roster the last several seasons. He's out of Regina. He's a, a guy who's shown some good flashes here in this game so far and uh, didn't get a lot of carries last series, uh, season, obviously, with Ed Ilnicki carrying the rock for them, basically. <laughs> felt like every single play for the Alberta as he set the, the Canada a single-season rushing record and went on to the heck right. But uh, Kolesnikov is the guy, and then behind him on the depth chart heading into week one here is Jonathan Rosary, uh, first-year true freshman out of Harry Endley, uh High School here in Edmonton, and the initial plan for him this season was to redshirt, but uh, he was so good in their preseason game against Calgary last week in Red Deer that uh, Chris Morris, uh, you know, decided, I have to have this guy in my arsenal this season, so he'll be a bit of a change-of-pace guy. He'll ease him in, I think, into action coming straight out of high school, but... Kolesnikov and Rosary give them a pretty good, uh, pretty good tandem. Obviously, Rosary's still a little bit uh, unknown, given him coming straight out of high school, but he's incredibly athletic, and I think Kolesnikov is going to be a guy who's going to be in the mix for you know top three rushing in the conference.
0: Evan, obviously the Bears coming off a, a long overdue playoff appearance. They they got in dramatically on the last day of the regular season last year. You know, I, I know there's preseason predictions. The coaches themselves do a little bit of a poll, or I wonder, too, if there might be some misdirection from for the coaches uh, on who they might think the strong teams might be, but is, is it fair to say the Bears could wind up fighting for that fourth and final playoff spot again? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think they'll be in the mixed read. It's You know, when you look at the pecking order in the conference, it's pretty clear that UBC and Calgary are the top two teams in the conference. I mean, they played in the last three Hardy Cups. UBC was first in the preseason. coaches poll. Calgary was right in behind them. And the slotting in third was Regina Rams. Uh, But when you look at four through six, basically, it's going to be incredibly interesting to watch how those three teams jockey to get those playoff spots. You know, Manitoba, Alberta, Saskatchewan, um, there's not a huge difference, I think, in terms of their talent pool. Um, it'll be really interesting to see who, who is able to get more out of some unexpected guys and some young players than you might have anticipated going into the season, and that's going to be the big difference. I mean, we know who the main returning cogs are going to be on all three of those teams, but it's going to be those rookies, those second-year or third-year players even, who make a bigger jump than you might have anticipated that are going to make the difference between making the playoffs and missing out in uh, you know, that postseason berth. Evan Daum from Canada West
0: joining us on Inside Sports. You heard him give the update, 3 nothing Saskatchewan leading Alberta in the second quarter, Canada West football opening weekend. What's happening between Calgary and Regina?
1: Yeah, last check it was 21-7 for Calgary early in the second quarter. So the Dinos were rolling there against the Regina Rams and the uh, The the big storyline to watch for in that game, Reid, is uh, Noah Picton, the quarterback for the Regina Rams, came into the contest 160 passing yards shy of becoming the first Canada West player to ever get to the 10,000 career passing yard mark. So uh, he needs to get up over the 11,000 yard mark this year to be the all-time U sports passing career leader. Uh, But he's certainly going to get over 10,000, I would anticipate tonight. Um, and that, uh, you know, he's going to be a guy to watch all season long. He's going to really determine, I think, how far that Rams team goes, along with their running back Atlee Simon. They're they're two of the most skilled players in the conference, and uh, they're going to be they're going to be different makers for the Rams. All right,
0: uh, Evan Dom joining us from Canada West. We had uh, Zach Sachenko, Golden Bears goaltender, on the show last night. Uh, Bob Stauffer had Ian Herbers on his show earlier this week. The Bears will be in Penticton next weekend to play a couple of exhibition games against UBC. Of course, that tournament has changed. The Oilers and Flames decided not to go, so the Canucks and Jets, Young Guns, are going to play a couple games, and they bring the Golden Bears and uh, and UBC into the mix as well. But, I I mean, the hockey season, uh, are are they starting late September already with regular season, Evan?
1: Yep. Men's hockey gets underway as you get 28 this opening night. So that's the the first weekend of Canada West Hockey. The women get after it a weekend later. The men take a bye that second weekend, and uh, some of the teams go down and play NCAA competition. But when you talk about the Bears and and Canada West Hockey, obviously they come in you know, the cream of the crop from last season across the country, and this might be scary for the rest of the conference, but on paper I think they're better than they were last season. So it's going to be a very good roster for Ian Herbert to re- return to after a couple of years away there with the Oilers, uh, and he's got no shortage of everything. <laughs> they're, they're incredibly deep. I mean, top to bottom, forwards, defense, in net—it's uh, just a—it's—it's it's a wealth of, of talented former Western Hockey League players who are going to make them the favorite to win uh, the conference, um, and quite frankly, uh, the University Cup in Lethbridge come March.
0: Well, they only graduated uh, one player. Uh, Stefan though was going to miss about half the season because he had an Achilles tendon tear uh, tear in the off season. So uh, we got to see how that goes. But uh, uh, is there any? Uh, uh, as you know, I was strongly in favor of the University Cup going from the two pools of three to the eight team single elimination format, and it seemed a lot of coaches wanted that. But now that they've done it a few years. Uh, I, I've heard maybe a little waffling on the format. Do you have an update there?
1: Yeah, nothing really new on that, Reed. Um You know, when you look at formats for national tournaments, the, the, the team that wins is always happy about the format, <laughs> and the teams that lose have right. some questions about how they can make it better. Um, and, you know, when they went to the team tournament, it certainly simplified things. You have the quarters, the semis, and the finals. It's easy for people to digest. But what isn't easy to digest is flying across the country to play one game potentially. Well, win then. Just win. Yeah, just win for sure. But there's a whole <laughs> bunch of teams. Half the teams that go down don't win, and it makes it uh, a huge bill that at times is, is hard to justify for a single game. So there is no perfect format because there's student athletes and you have to worry about going to school and classes and exams and all those things. Um, you know, when you look at, we don't complain about the format uh, for professional sports usually because that's what, what they eat and breathe. I mean, that's what they're there to do. Um, in our case, you have to take into consideration the academics, certainly, uh, so you can't be there for 10, 14 days. All right. Uh, what,
0: give us one more Bears football update, Evan.
1: Yeah, Saskatchewan just punched one in here, Reed. So it's a 10 nothing Huskies with... 350 to go in the second quarter in uh, Saskatoon.
0: All right, and how can people uh, watch this game online if they want to?
1: Yeah, they can watch on CanadaWest.tv, which is our streaming service. And if they have a uh, TELUS uh, Optic TV, they can tune into the game right now on channel 998. And uh, we'll have Canada West football showcase games all season long on TELUS. One game per week. Some weeks we have double headers, and that's a good way for people with uh, TELUS Optic to tune in.
0: Evan it's always great to have you on the show I'll let you get back to to your job of uh, watching two football games at once <laughs>
1: Sounds good, Reed. Talk to you
0: soon. That is Evan Dom checking in from Canada West Conference. So the Bears uh, down late in the first half, 10-0. they got to get it going. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Besides Evan Dom, you heard from Glenn Harper, former Eskimos punter, Oil Kings GM Kurt Hill, and Morley Scott, the play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Eskimos. You'll hear him Monday at 11.30 for the pregame show. He and Dave Campbell kickoff against the Stamps is at 1. 1811, Montreal leading Ottawa in the CFL Nine and a half minutes to go. The Blue Jays still trailing the Marlins 5-1. That's in the top of the night. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, the studio producer. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will have a live show Monday from 6 to 8. I look forward to speaking with you then. Have a great Labor Day weekend.